0: Themselves, Jordan Leonard and Trevor Jizinski, uh two definitely solid buddies here growing up. These guys definitely have some X and O knowledge. Um, our good co-host Christian Gamelian is actually out this week. Uh, we wanted to go ahead and uh, accommodate the schedule, and um, definitely needed to uh, take and, take into consideration our co host as well. So. Hope you don't mind just looking at my mug as these two gentlemen are, are just bringing their audio uh, in this evening. We just watched the awesome, not uh, lost to the Toronto Raptors, 114 by Toronto, 106 for the Blazers uh, here on November 13th. So we're going to be actually recapping games, including the Clippers, uh, Blazers game, Nets, Hawks, Kings, and of course the Raptors game that we just discussed. Uh, thank you gentlemen for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, so we're going to start off real quick. We're just going to uh, give you give all of our audience a brief introduction to, um, you know, what what really brings you to here, where you are at uh, in your lives, and, and, and really what made you fall in love with the game. Uh, Jordan, if you don't mind just giving a little bit of a brief introduction, man, of, of how you fell in love with uh, basketball and uh, and 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 the trailblazers in general, and then we'll move along and and hear a little bit about Trevor as well.
1: Yeah, man, yeah, man. Um, so I mean, I've I've been playing basketball since I was second, third grade. You know, just always been something I did growing up. And luckily, uh, growing up throughout middle school and high school, I was given the opportunity to play and you know you know go out there and learn and understand the game. And I uh, got to play. You know, I did some club and intramurals in college, and I continue to. You know, get out there and play to this day, obviously not to the level that this man Trevor does, but you know, I get around and I know my exes and those, so um yeah, man, that's just kinda where I'm at and of I mean being born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, I mean Portland's a Blazer town, a Blazer City always has been,
2: always will be, so
1: you know, it's kind of in my roots and my blood.
2: Perfect. Trevor <laughs> Uh yeah, you know, um similar to, to Jordan, I kind of um when I uh, started hooping, when I was probably about a third, fourth grade, um, was never the most coordinated. But um, as I grew more and more, um, I kind of, it kind of started to become my calling. And as I started to put in more work, um, started to see the benefits from it. So um, I played uh, all throughout middle school, throughout high school. had a had a fun ho- uh, high school career, and um, was recruited. Um, several several schools both uh d one d two but ended up uh, tr- uh ended up attending western washington university and uh I've been there the last uh four years this is my my fifth year now um and uh, uh look to improve every year that i've uh, i've been here and looking to add to that uh to my senior campaign this year uh and trying to get some big wins um we have a really good team this year so excited with what we could do but um Kind of the same with Jordan said. Also, uh, you know, growing up in uh, in the Portland area, um, we were at the Blazer games any chance we could. Uh, anytime we get scavenge up, the money to go get some nosebleeds, we were up there watching them. So, always um, oh, been a Blazer fan for sure.
0: Absolutely, man. And, and if I recall, I mean, we we had grown up not too not too far from one another. I think you did. You happen to uh, ball when you were when you were overseas? I think uh, when we were a little bit younger. When you, I think it was Sweden, right?
2: Yeah, it was uh, actually Switzerland. Uh, when I Switzerland. was um, when I was in sixth grade, uh, my family moved to to Geneva, Switzerland, and uh, actually had a very unique opportunity. Uh, that was really where I was starting to love and uh, fall in love with the game of basketball, and um, you know, had some uh, funny experiences, some great coaches over there. But um, uh, the native language is French, so um, you know, like uh the would started yelling in french and i would like look over to one of my friends that spoke english i'd be like yo what's he saying he said dude just get on the line <laughs> we all running man <laughs> so uh, you know that but overall that was an awesome experience for myself as well so and, um you know and both you guys uh, definitely
0: well sorry to interrupt you there but both you guys um you know uh you you had you had mentioned being kind of a lankier guy growing up and and trying to acclimate to the game. You know, both you guys, I'm I'm five ten. Uh how, just for our audience, how how tall are each of you? Uh Trevor, are you first?
2: Um, I actually crazy. Um
0: I grew an inch this last
2: year, so um I'm now six eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jordo? Yeah. I grew like five inches of last
1: year, so I'm like six nine now. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a good like, you know, six
1: five, six five. Yeah.
0: So so I mean that's that's gotta be difficult, uh, in, in terms of, of being a younger player and, and trying to find your position in the game and and, and really trying to uh maneuver in between positions I mean did you did you two ever see any um any really stark contrast season to season and where you ended up or or where coaches found you to be most valuable um I'll go I'll go first on that one
1: I I don't know I can probably speak for Trevor a little bit on this too I was kind of blessed I mean throughout middle school I was never like the tallest guy in the team I was kind of like a little bit shorter and then even my freshman year and into my sophomore year, I wasn't like that tall, I was like six one, six two, 6'2", which let me work on my handles and my outside game and my shooting. And then like I hit that burst where I like went up to like 6'5". And um, that like the preparing, getting prepared before that where I was getting jump shots up and ball handling really helped me just kind of like excel to the next level to where I could shoot outside, but also go in, inside and rebound and do all that stuff with my size. And that was honestly one of the harder parts um, of growing is learning how to play inside because there's a lot of technique down there that you don't learn when you're playing outside so much. So um, kind of just like being blessed being a little bit smaller and then growing really helped me complete the whole package of my game.
2: Well, most definitely, yeah. I could definitely um, add on to that as well. Uh, uh, I mean, when I was going in my freshman year, I was six uh, five, but I had an injury that kept me out my whole freshman year. Uh, so by, by the time I was on the floor in high school, I was close to about six, six and, um, my, you know, while I was, while I was injured while I was out, um, I just really worked on my jump shot and, uh, kind of developed a good three point shot. So, um, uh, and then I had my, my sophomore year of high school, I had a 24 inch vert. And then, uh, by the time I was a junior in high school, I had a 36 inch vert. Okay. So, um, just getting, uh, that, uh, that kind of like maturing into my body um, and having my my athleticism start to come uh, definitely helped my game as well but um, you know just having that baseline shot uh, and then working on the handles because you know uh, as you as you move up each level um, you you move up in positions as well Um, you know uh, my senior year of high school although we ran a five out um, and we're, we're, we're relatively small um i uh i i pretty much ran like guard you know i would play inside out a lot uh if they put a smaller guy on me i would uh post up they put a bigger guy on me i'd be on the wing but uh this last year uh last couple years of college i now found myself uh at the starting two (laughs) so okay you know um i think it's just about um making sure that you're continuing continually developing your game you know and uh the more versatile you are the uh, more positions you could play means the more minutes you'll play so that was one thing i've definitely learned over uh, my college career
0: for sure for sure well now that the audience knows a little bit more about about you guys as players and and kind of your background and um uh, you know let's let's go ahead and dive into the um the sorrow that is that has been inclusive and being a Blazers fan here this past week. So uh, we had left off Christian and I were recording the night of the uh, Clippers game this past Thursday. We actually recorded before that. Um, and and to our predictions, the Clippers did end up coming out on top. Uh, quick note here. The Blazers were actually noted as having, I think the most single digit losses uh, in, in the league. Like when I think, I think I was watching the Kings game. So these, these aren't, you know blowouts by any means, but that that does not make the sting any any uh, any more easy. Uh, it actually, I would say, makes it worse. Uh, so just a quick recap. Uh, yeah, the Clippers one hundred seven, one hundred one. Nets one nineteen. Blazers one fifteen. Hawks one thirteen. Blazers one twenty four. Uh, that's the only win here oh my goodness uh blazers 99 kings 107 and that and i believe I, I wish i had the the exact metric here but that that blazers 99 point game was one of the first games uh, in, in a while where the blazers hadn't cracked that 100 point mark um and then obviously this evening's game against the raptors uh losing 114 to 106 so you know just a brief overview what what have you two really been seeing um from 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 a from a basketball player's standpoint, uh, schematically, what is what is not working? Is it just injuries? Is it uh, you know I, I'm I'm kind of halfway in, halfway out on the stats hating uh, system trend right now myself. What's going wrong, Jordan? Uh, curious to hear your opinion.
1: Um, I mean, obviously, you can look and you can point fingers in so many different directions with how you feel like games have been going this season. Um, I mean, we all knew bringing in so many new players with with the rush, like, just a completely different roster than we had that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. You know, you knew there was going to be chemistry issues. You know that um, it was going to take a while for these guys to mesh, and um, it was going to, you know, learn how to play with Dame and CJ and learn their roles and know when to take shots. And all that stuff and that's fine and I can live with that but when you know things aren't going well and what I've seen from a basketball standpoint I mean obviously there's small x's and o's but right now I think it's more of just a a will um on defense and a fight um when things aren't going your way it just seems like players start to drop their heads and just look at Dame and look at CJ and they're like what are you going to do are you going to help us when I mean, seeing it last year, you know, the team, everyone was trying to step up every game. Mo Harkless would make plays. Aminu was making plays. And this year, we just don't have those guys off the bench making plays. Um, I like what Simons has been doing, you know. He's going to be a really good player. His upside is crazy. I mean, the way that he can get to the rack and shoot. But um, I think there's a lot of small things that can be fixed, but it's going to take a lot more heart from this team to turn it around than anything else.
0: Uh, Trevor?
2: yeah no I I agree a lot of uh of the thing that Jordan was saying um I think you know I I also agree with what he said is I don't I'm not sure as much as it's a bunch of X and O's um because uh I've always thought that uh Stotts has been a good coach and um uh has gotten you know Dave and CJ good looks and I, I think that they're still getting good looks um there's a couple games when they just they're missing shots that they normally make you know and that's going to happen, you know, uh, you know, all good players go through slumps at some point, but um, I would I would say that the things that they're not doing well right now are just the little things, um, you know, and uh, you're not going to win a lot of basketball games. You're not doing the little things right. Um, that's just like, you know, loose balls and, and uh, kind of touch on what Jordan was saying too, like it's the it's the energy. Um, uh, we just had a, a game. Um, on Tuesday, uh, this uh, Yesterday, actually, uh, against um, a good team in our region, Cal Poly Pomona. And, uh, but we kind of just um, sl- at the beginning of the game just did not have any energy. And it wasn't like we were getting good looks. We were running our stuff. We just didn't have energy on defense. And we ended up getting ran out of the gym, like, by a team that shouldn't have done it, you know. And I feel like I'm just seeing a lot of that with the Blazers. Um, as in they're just – and, like, they're not – uh, they're, they're relying too much on, on Dame and CJ to do uh, all the workload. I mean, Rodney Hood had a good, a good game tonight, which was good to see, but um, people uh, people down the stretch need to be able to be willing to make plays as well, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, to, to each of your points, um, I think I saw a tweet from Pinwheel Empire earlier this evening, and they had said, you know, regardless of the woes that they've experienced this year, uh, it's it, even last year with the team that we had, it, it wasn't too often that we saw Dame and CJ uh, collectively have off nights. And then, you know, games games really ended up in our favor. And and looking at the box score right now, uh, CJ, you know, he did all right. He had he went eight for 18 uh, and then he had he went three for seven behind the arc uh, for 19 points. So he had he had some good possessions in there. Uh, but then Dame had nine points. Uh, on the evening he went he went two for 12 um so obviously i don't, I don't know how purposeful uh his his, his um, offensive his attack was this evening in scoring i i also i came a little bit too late to the game and, and heard holton and uh, Jordan Kent kind of talking about how uh, the Raptors were doing some uh, different things defensively and, and schematically against Dame. Did either of you uh, happen to notice that or uh, maybe potentially able to decipher, uh, if at all, what the Raptors were doing differently with Dame tonight versus other teams? Um, I actually
2: wasn't able to tap into the game until the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, I when I turned it on and was, uh, and was able to start watching, uh, like, CJ did have a solid game, but um, he didn't take over like really get his points until the fourth quarter either. And and I think that that's like another issue that the Blazers are having is that um, uh you know at, at the beginning of games you dig yourself a hole like battling back it, it takes a lot out of a team you know that takes like a specific type of team and last year I would say that the Blazers no doubt undoubtedly had that kind of team that was able to really dig down and like gut out those wins like even after you're going down by 10 like in the first half you know or um and even in the third quarter like I know we talked about the third quarter is not like a good one for them but um they were really able to to gut out those wins still and like uh so far in the early season it's just almost like they don't have that same vibe to them you know like it's like the, almost the old uh, Blazer fans. Like, I remember seasons where, like, they would be down by 10. You just had no hope that they were going to come back and win. But last year,
0: it was different. Like, you always felt like they had a chance. Did you uh, Did you happen to I notice do... anything in the first three quarters, Jordan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I turned it on right in the first quarter. And, I mean, they're they're running the playoff game defense, you know. You trap him every single time. You don't let him get a look at the rim. You don't let him beat you. You make other players on your team beat you. And, I mean, Rodney Hood was doing it for the first two-and-a-half quarters. And once he started missing shots and they started figuring it out and they started making other players beat him, I mean, you look down the line, Baysmore, they made two of eight from three. Rezonia, one of three. I mean, Anthony had some big shots, but it's going to take more than that. And, I mean, Dame, you give it nine points, but he had ten assists. So, it's not like he's, like, not getting out of this. He's getting his teammates shots, but they're just not falling or we're not – I mean, last year I feel like we had like Dame would pass out of it, and then someone would make another play. But it's like a pass and a shot every single time. It's not attacking the underman defense because they got two guys at half court trapping Dame. It's someone needs to get in and get other open shots, and we need to knock them down. But I mean,
0: I think I think, I think something that's I think something that's worth noting here is, um, really the the fool's gold in uh, in some of these stats so just kind of reviewing the the game tonight with the Raptors uh Nazir Little had he went three for ten and then he went one for five behind the arc but I I think that we can all as Blazers fans look at the, his performance and I mean just listen to the crowd every everybody was was satisfied with his his performance I won't say they were ecstatic mm-hmm. with it because you know that that that's what Rodney Hood deserved that um you know, that excitement. But, Still there that, that that work ethic and that heart that you two had referenced at the beginning of the episode, uh, I think I think Nas embodied that. And then also on the on the flip side of that double-edged sword, we have Whiteside going six for twelve. But Jordan, we had a chance to kind of talk before we recorded. And you know, is for as as much as he's doing for the team in, in the box score, there are some plays that are just they're, I want to say, almost unforgivable. It doesn't, it, mm-hmm. not even just on defense, but especially on offense. And and that was kind of his critique because he came out, I think, in that first game of the year, and um, I'm gonna have to dig through the files here, but he came out in that first game of the year and really showed up um, on offense, yeah. and and right. he ended up with some boards. But then, what was that shot you you and I were discussing here before we uh, began oh recording? My gosh.
1: When he got the ball, like off the free throw line and there's probably about 14 seconds left in the shot clock and he takes a one dribble like almost like a shimmy like a shimmy shake fade away from the free throw line I'm like throws up just a brick and I'm sitting here shaking my head like I face time you know I'm like dude what's going on I'm like this man can't make his free throws and he's throwing up fadeaways from the free throw line with two hands in his face terrible it's just terrible. Like, plays like that it's just it's just tough but yeah, uh-huh. and,
0: and I, I think it is worth noting, though, you know, what Rodney Hood and, you know, even as a Stotts hater that, that I, I have been lately, some of these guys that are out for us really do make a difference in, in Stotts' offense. Uh, oh, Rodney yeah. Hood obviously spreading the floor. And then, you know, the few times that the ball really started off in, in Whiteside's hands and he did make the, you know, two or three. I, actually, I won't even talk about the the end result right like if you just watch the off ball movement when the center is holding on the ball in Terry Stott's offense it's much more lively I don't know what happens when mm-hmm. when the center does not have the ball in his off I don't know if you two are able to speak to that but when a guard just has the ball or or a forward and then the center is just moving around especially uh, Hassan's not a pick and roll center it's it's it nullifies his offense completely what are your what are your thoughts on that
2: I, I think that Hassan, his talent is like, I think it's undoubted that he has talent, you know, he's, he puts it up, he puts up numbers in the box score, but like you guys are saying, he has those shake your head moments. And I think what's tough is that he doesn't fit talks um, stock system. Um, as a center, Nurk is like the mold, what you need because uh, the ball, like there's a lot of off ball screens and there's a lot of people that are running off of, um, those and they like to enter the ball to a high post to the to the centers they used to do that with nurk all the time and I think that having a guy like Whiteside who as well as he uh, does in the box score some nights uh he's not a very high IQ basketball player um especially when you compare him to nurk and I think that that's one thing that's like largely limiting the Blazers offense uh with Stotts because they they rely and Collins could fit that role too he's young but Collins was doing similar things like that because I I believe Collins a high IQ high IQ player
0: too, and he could space a floor, so both those things are definitely hurting. I think. Yeah, and and, and yeah, real, real quick question, real quick question. Oh, Jordan, you said you wanted to add to that.
1: Oh, I was just just gonna add something real quick about Collins. Um, I was talking with again one of my roommates and I was like, dude, like. At the beginning of the season, like Collins was probably, I mean, other than Dame, the worst player that could have got hurt because he was going to be the pick and roll player with Dame. He was going to be playing a ton of minutes, getting really good. And then Nurk was going to come back. And we're going to have the, just, just Nurk or Collins being able to set on ball screens for Dame and CJ, both who can play make off of the play, off the pick and roll, both who can shoot outside, who can just just adds so much more offensive threat and just open it up for everyone else. And the plan is going down. It's just, it's a head breaker. but uh, yeah, go well,
0: ahead. Well, gentlemen, uh, we do have the Spurs coming up here on the 16th. Uh, ESPN is predicting a 49.1% chance win for Portland and a 50.9% for San Antonio. So statistically a, a pretty even matchup, both uh, franchises, you know, not off to the start that they had imagined this year. Uh, what are you looking for in that game, and uh, what do you think are going to be some of the, as uh, as as Lamar heard and Kevin Calabro like to say, keys to the game there against the Spurs?
2: Yeah, you, yeah,
1: you you can go ahead, Joe.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think I think that a a big key is, um, you know. Uh, This year, just the way how things are going, I think that it's it's vital to get both McCollum and uh, Lillard involved in the game, um, you know, and and getting good looks. So I would say definitely like a key to the game for me uh, would be to get McCollum going early. Um, Lillard has, you know, um, he's, tonight was an exception where he had a tough time, but um, he's always, he's always ready for the fourth quarter. And I think that uh, a lot of his game is getting people involved. Uh, the first is um, getting people involved in the first quarter. You know, he really looks to pass and uh, to get all of his teammates involved. And I think that uh, getting McCollum going early uh, will, will definitely help out the Blazers' chances and uh, both of them having a big night.
1: Yeah, they're. I'm looking at it right now. They're both um, coming into the game, losing four of their last five. So, Both teams are going to be hungry for a win. I'm sure both teams are sick of losing. And both have good leaders on their teams who are going to be wanting to get their players hyped up. So I'm just saying, like, back to sound like a broken record, but that energy, man. If we can come out with some energy, get on them quick, and then keep that lead. Um, The Blazers this season, they've built some good Zs on some good teams. I mean, they went up. They were up on the Raptors for a little while today. They went up on the Sixers they were up on the 76ers for a while they're up on the nets for a while too and we get up by like 10 or 12 and then the bench comes in and you know and other things happen every team seems to work their way back in work their way back in take the lead and then it seems like we can never get that lead back so I mean yeah the energy and then keeping it going just full 48 minutes just play a full 48 minutes I don't think we've done that once this season yet
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so one last point that I'll make uh, looking forward to that San Antonio game uh, before I dive into some uh, more personal and and lighthearted questions for each of you um, is, you know, looking at points per game, it's 112, 112 for each of them. Points against uh, 113 for Portland, 112 uh, San Antonio. uh, Field goal percentage, identical rebounds per game, uh, you know, nearly identical. uh, But uh, assist? Portland's got about 17 per game. San Antonio's got 24. Now that's a pop offense. So, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt, but there was an, there was a graphic that Christian and I have discussed as of late with, it was spot up uh, efficiency versus spot up attempts. And, and the Blazers were like in, in the lower left corner of this graph, you know, so very little chances for, and that's going to change after tonight, especially with the way that Rodney played off the ball and, um, hitting some of those shots, but the blazers have played a lot of ISO this year. A lot of guys getting stuck with uh, cement shoes off the ball. Um, but I, I think one of the bigger discrepancies in this in this coming game is gonna really be how well the blazers move the ball. Um, any 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 last words for for what we are looking for uh, in these in the coming week's games, besides the uh, San Antonio Spurs, let me go ahead and tell you each. What we have to look forward to do 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 yeah, got so we got, I got it so it's so it's San Antonio on Saturday, Houston on Monday, uh New Orleans on Tuesday, and then we'll have another episode by the time that they play play Milwaukee on the twenty first but I believe that, yeah, so we got three three uh games on the road, man,
1: six on the road to start, six on the road, oh man.
0: That's terrible. That's terrible. I mean, at least you got Cleveland and Chicago to look forward to, but I mean, these next couple games, Brandon, Brandon Ingram's no joke. Mm-mm. No, he's no play hard. And um, you know, how, how do you real quick? What I, I keep saying one last thing, but I do want to hear what What do you each think? Uh, we'll start. We'll start with Trevor. What do you think about the Rockets this year so far?
2: You know, um, they surprised me. If I'm being honest, um, uh, I'm not sure if I was a believer that uh, the Russell Westbrook um, and Harden uh, duo could uh, win a lot of games. I mean, you know, uh, I, I actually that's that's a lot. I did think that they'd be able to win a lot of games, but I'm just not. I I, I don't think you get, you'll ever be able to convince me that that brand of basketball could win a championship. Um, you know, uh, I think that. Uh, Hart, you're going to win games and they'll win games in the playoffs too, but uh, that kind of that kind of offense just can wear a player down. You know, like you were asking so much out of Harden and um, Westbrook. But, you know, I, I will say though, adding Westbrook, uh, they were asking Harden to do all of it last year. And now this year, they, they, with having Westbrook, it will give him several breaks and, and let Westbrook go and do his thing. So, you know, I, I am pretty excited to see what they can do. I think that they um, – I think that it, it's definitely going to win them a lot of games this year.
1: I think that they're a false hope. If you look at their schedule, they have one significant win, and that was tonight, against the Clippers. They lost to the Bucks, and then they beat the Pelicans, who – okay, OKC rebuilding, Wizards rebuilding, Brooklyn – Decent East team. Miami, who's actually been playing really well. Memphis, Golden State, Chicago, and the Pels again. I mean, once they get into that grimy and that when they start playing those Denver's, those Dallas's, those Lakers, Antonios, those Lakers, you know, those teams, it'll test. Time will tell. Um, when teams start figuring out the must work. I don't know. They're, they're They'll be good. They'll win a lot of games. They'll make the playoffs, but like Trevor said, they won't. They won't compete for a championship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, just to wrap up the episode, uh, Jordan. Jordan will stay with you here to start. Uh, we have a couple questions that we'd like to ask all of our guests. Uh, the first is going to be your favorite non All Star Blazer of all time, and then the second is going to be your favorite game that you've attended. Favorite Blazers game you've attended?
1: Definitely. So for my first one for my favorite non-all-star blazer ever i'm gonna have to go with my man wesley matthews the deuce he you know he's one of my favorite players he always played even if he was hurt he was in the game he played so hard and he was part of that team who i mean realistically since i've been like a blazer fan he was part of the first team that was like in the playoffs and I was like, you know, around enough and going to the games and all that. I mean, I have his jersey. Um just the way that he played, he's a sniper, you know. Just everything that he did on the court and him in LA and B-Roy. Played, played with a lot, lot of heart. Reaction. That
0: man, that man oh, played yeah, with a lot definitely.
1: of heart. Yeah, he did.
0: How about you, how about what your favorite you game that, that, that you attended? From?
1: That's going to have to be game four of the first round of playoffs where Brandon Roy led the 19, hit a 19-point fourth quarter, and they came back from, I think they were down like 19, might even have more than 23-point fourth quarter, they were down about 19, he led them back, and this is this is B-Roy post-knees, this is the, the B-Roy who came back after the knees, and man, that was, I love B-Roy, but. Yeah, that game was absolutely crazy. We were down 2-1, we went down 3-1, and he came in and led us back. And that was, until the fourth quarter, was the worst game I'd ever been to because we had scored like 62 points through three quarters or something like that. And I'm sitting here just like, man. And then, yeah, that's probably my favorite game, the energy after in the hallways. I mean, I know you guys have all been to those games, but after a big win, it's so fun. all the way till you get to your car, you're just sitting there, Part being just
0: <laughs> feeling the vibe. It's off. Awesome. Everybody's screaming. All right, well, yeah. Trevor, uh, who is your favorite non-All-Star Blazer of all time and your favorite game that you had attended? Cool.
2: Favorite non-All-Star Blazer of all time. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw it back for y'all. My It's, it's got to be Rudy Fernandez for me, man. Was, <laughs> Rudy! Was, he, he was a classic, man. I mean, <laughs> just so much – you just – Fun to watch though, you know, he actually had a ton of bounce. Like, people didn't realize like the man actually could jump insane. Uh, but he was also just a sharpshooter. And I remember him doing the pick and rolls with uh Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, like he was always throwing mobs to him. He was just really fun player to watch. So we always loved Rudy Fernandez growing up, definitely one of my favorite players. Um, and then my favorite game, uh, you know. Uh, we didn't end up winning, which was disappointing, but uh, I actually got to go see um, uh, the play at the Motor Center the, when the Heat came back in – it was either 2011 or 2012, but uh, uh crazy game. Uh, I, I got to see LeBron threw down just an absurd alley-oop from Dwayne Wade, and it just mm-hmm. reminds me of just some of the best. Like, that that Heat team was – damn fun to watch man so yeah uh that was a that was a really fun um fun game to go to no doubt
0: absolutely yeah and you know as as much as I'd like to sit back and coach from the couch and say you know he's LeBron's definitely lost that Miami step I he's he had he had career uh stats in Cleveland following Miami that that you know it's had, had, had Clearly surpasses Miami numbers, but I I still to this day reserve that Miami LeBron, in my opinion, was, was probably the best I'd seen him perform. And, and I, and Bess is a very uh, subjective term because, you know, his game's very different. You know, he's really uh, tooled up as a post offensive player. Uh, he's really became a better shooter. But just in terms of sheer athleticism, I'm going to drive to the basket and there's nothing you can do about it. He was, oh, man, he, wasn't, he was unstoppable, man. Um, so, yeah, that's, I, I really like both those answers. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's been great having you each on it's, it's a pretty late evening uh to our audience so uh we appreciate you uh you both joining us um and as always go ahead and, and, and like and subscribe at peeps and plaid uh, and follow us on um instagram twitter and and as of late we've had our man anthony mishoni uh with the tunes so uh check it out and and thank you again gentlemen for joining us
1: appreciate yeah, thank you for having me you. man <laughs>